So again, my name is Dr. Tina Pettigrew. I'm from IDMR Lansing Branch. And today we are going to be going over explaining the true name of our Heavenly Father and His Son, Yahshua the Messiah. Explaining the true names of our Heavenly Father and His Son, Yahshua the Messiah. We have a IDMR dot blog that you can find online and go to books transcripts and other material and look under pamphlets and I will be reading the pamphlet explaining the true names the true name of our Heavenly Father and his son Yahshua and our aim here is if you don't know is to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really isn't actually exists Second is to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without the distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. The third aim that we have is to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Four is to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Five, we want to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, we want to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer the serpent, the devil, the dragon or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Nine, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved saving the name Yahshua the Messiah and ten our tenth aim is to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state our watchword is peace and our slogan is to speak the truth in this pamphlet it says please note that the following information is dealing with the etymology of the true and correct and the false and incorrect names given to our creator while the holy name bible written by A.B. Trainer and reprinted by Yashua Promotions deals with the substitution of the names in the preface of that holy name bible what is etymology the etymology is the origin and development of a word an affix phase not a phase but a phrase etc the tracing of a word or other form back as far as possible in its own language and to its source in contemporary or early languages this pamphlet was written and researched by doctors Michael and Geraldine Rodstein explaining the true name in this pamphlet this pamphlet 
has been written to help an individual receive a proper and correct understanding of the true and correct name of the Creator and His Son. Yahweh is the original name of the God of Israel. The name was given to Moses at the burning bush, which you could read in Exodus 3 and 13 through 15 and Exodus 6 and 3. The original form of this name in Hebrew, in the Hebrew scriptures, was and still is yod Hey, wah Hey. The equivalent English letters are Y-H-W-H. These four letters for the name of God are referred to as the Tetragrammaton. Tetra meaning four, gramma meaning letters. Between the time of Moses and the Messiah, the nation of Israel tried to hide or conceal the name of Yahweh by replacing it with a title, Jeremiah 23 and 27. One of these substituting titles was Baal, meaning owner, master, or lord. Another substituting title was Adonai or Adonai. Adonai, which was derived from the Phoenician word Adon, meant Lord and was used to denote someone of position. The addition A-I or A-Y to Adon to form Adonai denoted possession or my. So, in other words, Adonai therefore translates as my Lord. By concordances and Bible dictionaries, since it was referring to the Creator. However, the actual translation should be my Lord's, since the AI or AY denotes a plural. The custom and traditions continued, the custom and tradition continued of substituting the writing YHWH with the spoken title. Adonai, whenever reading the scriptures. This continued through the following generations. The Jews today continue with this tradition. The present day Haftorah, a name given to the scriptures which are read on Saturdays and containing commentaries, footnotes the name Yahweh with instructions that this name is not to be read as written but to substitute with the title Adonai. Adonai or Adonai is the prescribed traditional reading of the divine name expressed in the four Hebrew letters yod Hey wah or Y-H-W-H whenever is it's ever pronounced as it's written which is never pronounced as written. Hebrew was written only in consonants and it was read from right to left. The reader would mentally or orally supply the proper vowels as he was reading. It is obvious that from the beginning of the scriptures it is obvious that from the beginning the scriptures were open to human error since the vowels were not in the script. It was left to the reader to supply the proper vowels for each word. As the Hebrew language developed, diacritical marks or points were added to the word, often wrongly. 
These points would be equivalent to our English vowels. It was the educated linguists, or scribes called Masorites, who attempted to purify the language and who tried to save Hebrew from becoming a dead language since it began to create, I'm sorry, since it began to cease as a spoken language. During the 6th and 8th centuries, they continued to conceal the name of Yahweh by incorporating the title Adonai into the actual text. One must bear in mind that by this time it was instilled in a person to pronounce and think the title Adonai whenever he saw the Hebrew characters YHWH. After the invention of the of vowel points, the Tetragrammaton was provided with the vowel points of Adonai, giving rise to the bastard and impossible form Jehovah or Yehovah. The Masorites used the consonants of the name Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, Yod-Heh-Wah-He, and, and placed within it the vowel points from substituting title Adonai. Observe the points within Adonai and then within Yehovah in Hebrew. The vowel points are as follows. And in Hebrew, you have certain things that you need to look at in this pamphlet. One is Hebrew and the other is English. Hebrew, it's basically in English, a short A or E, a long O and an A. And in Hebrew, you can see how that's written. As time proceeded, the W changed to a V and the I developed into the letter J between the 14th, 1400 to 1600s. These changes further compounded the error and substitution of the true name Yahweh. Yehovah became Jehovah, the erroneous rendering so commonly heard today. In conclusion, the original name of the creator Yahweh was erroneously pronounced written as translated as follows. So you have the original Tetragrammaton in Hebrew as yod Hey wah Hey, in English Y-H-W-H. The Hebrew word for Lord, Adon, and the Hebrew parts to that. Hebrew word for my lords was Adonai. The consonants of Yahweh with the vowel points of Adonai. Yehovah, Yehovah, Wah. Language change of W to V, you have Yehovah, and the language change of Y to J to Jehovah, and that's what they talk about in the modern days. Many of the names given to the prophets, the kings, and servants in the Bible refer to a particular attribute of characteristic of Yahweh. It refers to a particular attribute or characteristic of Yahweh. The names further further explain the meaning of Yahweh. When Yahweh gave Moses his name in Exodus 6 and 3, he also explained what his name meant in Exodus 3 and 14 through 15, which reads as follows. And Yahweh Elohim said unto Moses, 
I am that I am. And he said thus, Shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. And Yahweh Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. In checking the scriptures, in checking the scriptures, one will find that a more accurate translation of this explanation is, I will be what I will to be. This explanation comes from the Hebrew verb haya, meaning to be, to cause to happen or to exist. Just as his name comes from the same verb, this is a better translation since it explains that the creator will be what he wills and no other words can actually sum up all that he wills to be to his people except his name. In fact, he wills to bring the entire creation and does so. See Psalms 33 and 6 through 9. He wills to be power and is power by overcoming the Egyptian empire. He wills to be love and is love by sending and declaring his son and the knowledge of him he wills to be justice, and he is justice, and demonstrated it to Israel for the 1,500 years between Moses' time and the Messiah. The following names of some of the prophets, kings, and servants of Yahweh contain the and reveal what Yahweh will be, thus declaring and further explaining the name of the Creator, Yahweh. Yahweh manifesting his attribute. Yahweh manifesting this attribute throughout the Elijah. The meaning of Elijah is Yahweh is El. And in the law, that's Deuteronomy 6 and 4. The prophets, it's Hosea 13 and 4. And the fulfillment is John 1 and 1 and 1 John 5 and 7. Hezekiah is Yahweh is strength. In Exodus 15 and 2, the law, the prophets is Judges 16 and 28, and the fulfillment is Philippians 4 and 13. The name Isaiah means Yahweh is help. Exodus 18 and 4, Psalms 124 and 8, and Mark 9 and 17 through 27. Jeremiah is who Yahweh exalts. Deuteronomy 7 and 6. In the law, the prophets is 2 Samuel 5 and 12. And the fulfillment is John 17 and 4 through 5. Johanan or John is Yahweh is gracious. In the law is Exodus 34 and 6. In the prophets is Joel 2 and 13. And the fulfillment is John 1 and 14 and 17. Jehoshua, Jehoshua, 
Jeshua, Joshua, and Jesus. All of these, Yahweh is salvation. All properly, Yahoshua, or rightly Yahshua. In the laws, Exodus 15 and 2, the prophet in the prophets is Jonah 2 and 9, and in the fulfillment is Matthew 1 and 21. Josiah. Josiah means Yahweh, Yah heals. Exodus 15, 26, Hosea 11 and 3, Matthew 4 and 20, 23. Nehemiah means Yah comforts. In the law, that is Genesis 5 and 29. In the prophets, it's Psalms 119 and 76. In John 14, 18. And John 14, 26. Zechariah, Yah remembers. Genesis 9 and 15. 1 Samuel 1 and 19. And John 14 and 26. The reason why we're talking about the law, the prophets, and the fulfillment, because in Isaiah 8 and 20, it says, To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, Yahweh Elohim, there is be- that is because there is no light in them. As a note, as mistransliterated in the King James Version, these names have no meaning. Properly written as Yahshua, they mean Yahweh is salvation. One can easily see that the name Yahweh does have meaning and plays an important role in his purpose. It has been through people's own concepts and own opinions that the true name of our Heavenly Father Yahweh has been concealed, substituted, mistransliterated and mistranslated into such terms as Lord and Jehovah. Every individual should realize that this is breaking one of the Ten Commandments, which reads as as such, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Originally, in vain meant to make empty or to falsify. This substitution of the name of Yahweh with such titles as Lord or Adonai was and still is falsifying his name. The use of a title or a change in the name such as Jehovah, Jehoshua, is also in direct disobedience to another commandment in Exodus 23 and 13. Make no mention of the name of other gods, neither let it be heard out of thy mouth. Adon, which is the Lord, or Lord, was the title and name of another heathen god from which the present day Lord and Jehovah are derived. Yahweh himself stresses the importance of his name. He declares that the true representative, he declared, he declared that the true representative or teacher would teach in his name, not titles. Deuteronomy 18 and 5. The dwelling places of the Creator have borne his name, 
Exodus 20 and 24, 1 Kings 9 and 3, and 1 Kings 8 and 16 through 20. The true Messiah came in his Father's name in John 5 and 43. The true baptism takes place in his name. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, where it talks about, Go ye therefore and baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You can read that in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. The true name of the Father is Yahweh and is actually not hidden in a mystery since it can be found in dictionaries, Bibles, concordances, and encyclopedias. Yahweh is spirit. Within spirit, Yahweh took on shape and form as seen in visions in John 4.24 and Exodus 24.9 and 10. This shape and form was identified as the Elohim of Israel. In reality, Lord God should probably properly be identified as Yahweh Elohim, since God or Elohim is Yahweh in an intermediate shape and form. Properly, the Godhead or supernal nature is a unity and not a trinity, which we read in Deuteronomy 6, the 6th chapter and the 4th verse. It was Yahweh Elohim, or Yahweh, in an intermediate shape and form that created the universe. John 1 and 1 through 3, which talks about, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with Yahweh, and the Word was Yahweh. The same was in the beginning with Yahweh. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. It was Yahweh Elohim, or Yahweh in shape and form, that appeared to Moses and all the prophets in a vision as the Word, which you can read in Hosea 1 and 1, Joel 1 and 1, Jonah 1 and 1. Micah 1 and 1, Zechariah 1 and 1, Malachi 1 and 1, and Exodus 24, 9 and 10, where it talks about the word came unto me, saying. This intermediate shape and form is also known as the Holy Ghost. You can read that in 2 Peter, 2 Peter 1 and 20 through 21. Just as some prophets, kings, and servants of Yahweh incorporated his name within their own name, other incorporated Yahweh Elohim within their names, further declaring what Yahweh wills to be. So you can see the examples. Bethel means house of El. Daniel means El is judge. Eleazar, L is help. Elisha, L is savior. Elishua, L is savior. Emmanuel, L is with us. Ezekiel, L is strong. Gabriel, L is mighty. And you can read in the pamphlet, 
the scriptures that are in the law and the prophets fulfill it and fulfillment for the names and meanings of these words and where you can find it. This same Yahweh took on a physical flesh and blood form as it reads in John 1 and 14 and 1 Timothy 3 and 16. For the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, right? In 1 Timothy 3.16, it's beyond controversy. Great is the mystery of holiness. This form was not, however, called Jesus Christ, as so many people claim. Jesus is a mistranslation of the original Hebrew name, Yahshua, which means Yahweh is salvation. The English names of Joshua, Jehoshua, Jeshua, Jehoshua, and Jesus are all mistranslations of the one true name Yahshua. Since the name Yahweh was corrupted and changed to Yehovah, so also Yahshua was corrupted and changed to Yehoshua, Jeshua, Jehoshua, Jeshua, and Joshua. Remember that the letter Y or I changed into a J in the English alphabet during the 1600s. The erroneous rendering of Jesus took place as follows. The Yah portion of his name was changed to I-E in Greek, I-E in Latin, and J-E in English. So there, thus you have, it started as Y-A-H, and in Greek was translated to I-E, and in Latin was changed to I-E. In English, they changed it to J-E. The S-H was changed to a S in Greek, and an S in Latin, and stayed an S in English. The U-A in Greek was transliterated as O-U-S in Greek, but in Latin was translated to U-S, and then in English, U-S. So you have Yahshua, the start, and it was transliterated to Jesus in English. Here's the explanation. The true Hebrew name of the Messiah, meaning Yahweh, is salvation. The Greeks transliterated the name. The Yah sound was pronounced, writing I-E in Greek, and S was changed to an S, and the U-A, which was a feminine ending in Greek, was changed to an O-U-S ending, a masculine ending. By doing this, the name they produced had absolutely no meaning. In Latin, the Latins or Romans changed only the Greek masculine ending O-U-S to their own masculine ending U-S. In doing so, they further, in doing so, they further compounded the error with a new name with no meaning. And in English, the English form was derived from the Latin 
and changed only the I to a J during the 1600s. This name also has no meaning. One can easily see from the preceding chart, once you look at that, on from the uh, blog, books, transcripts, and other class material, and go into the pamphlet, one can easily see from the preceding chart how the true name of Yahshua became misconstrued and mistransliterated and mistransliterated into a meaningless and false name even though it is what one will see written in the Bible his true name is Yahshua in English and the marks the Hebrew marks in Hebrew both meaning Yahweh is salvation. Yahshua came in his father's name in John 40, John 5 and 43, and he therefore bore his name Yahweh, Yahshua, just as we all bear our father's name in our own names. Yah is the contracted form of the father's name Psalm 68 and 4. The purpose of Yahshua the Messiah was to fit, fulfill the law and the prophets. In Luke 24 and 44 and Matthew 5 and 7 support that statement. The law and the prophets continually declare the name of Yahweh in Psalms 22 and 22 and Deuteronomy 18 and 5. Therefore, Yahshua must declare the name of the Father. Moses told the Israelites to stand still and see the salvation of Yahweh or to see Yahshua in Exodus 14 and 13. David proclaims that all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of Yahweh or have seen Yahshua in Psalms 98 and 3. Yahweh through Isaiah declared, quote, Behold, thy salvation cometh, or Yahshua cometh, in Isaiah 62 and 11. Therefore, Simeon must declare, saying Yahweh, saying, Mine eyes have seen thy salvation, or I have seen Yahshua, in Luke 2 and 30. It is also important to realize that the disciples and true apostles were using the same name of Yahshua and were punished for doing so. Not only for using the name Jesus, for at that time the name Jesus did not exist. Read Acts 4 and 18, Acts 5:28, and Acts 9 and 29. Yahshua means Yahweh is salvation. And Peter reaffirms this to the Sanhedrin council in Acts 4 and 12 when he said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Amen. 
We have tried to explain the following. One, the true name of the Creator, Yahweh, Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua. And two, that this unity, not Trinity, or that Yahweh himself took on an intermediate shape and form known as Yahweh Elohim. And again, Yahweh himself took on a concrete state and form known as Yahshua, the Messiah. We hope that you can see and appreciate the importance of the true names of Yahweh and Yahshua. One need not, one need not be a language expert. Our only purpose in showing the actual Hebrew characters is to inform you exactly how the original names were corrupted into the false names and titles, Jehovah, Jesus, Lord, and God, now in common usage. The only way to approach the Creator and His Son is to use the correct names as demanded throughout the Law and the Prophets or the Scriptures. We earnestly, earnestly desire that everyone will search within themselves and come to an come to and understand the significance of the true name. There is a transliteration guide that you must see. Again, you can go to IDMR Lansing.blog. Click on books, transcripts, and other class material to read and get this transcript called Explaining the true name of our Heavenly Father and His Son, Yahshua the Messiah. Again, for more information, to see more classes, you can reach us or you can look on, do a search for IDMR Lansing on YouTube. And also, to have, for more further reading and other pamphlets, you can go to idmrlansing.blog and click on books, transcripts, and other class material and look under pamphlets to get your copy of this pamphlet. Thank you for listening and join us for our next podcast. I'm Tina Pettigrew. Have a great day.